It's our privilege to make these messages available to you. We pray that the Word of God will richly bless you. So let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. We thank you, Father. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the healer and health of our bodies. Everybody say this out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, every organ, every gland, all of my blood, my bones and marrow are healed by God's mighty power. For Jesus was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him by his stripes I'm healed. Thank you, Lord. You bless my bread, my water. You take all sickness, all symptoms, all injury from the midst of me. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I forget not his benefits. He forgiveth all iniquity, heals all disease redeems my life from destruction, crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies so that my, my life is renewed like the eagles. Thank you, Father. I've been delivered from the power of darkness, translated into the kingdom of your dear Son. Thank you, Lord. You've not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. And the law of the spirit of life in Christ sets me free from the law of sin and death. Up out of my spirit, up out of my spirit because of a deposit through redemption in my spirit. Healing power arises in me, touching every cell driving out any virus, any disease. I curse any tumors, any growths. They shall not develop in me. I declare, I am, I am, I am the healed of God. Now thank God for it. Come on, thank God and rejoice. Thank God and rejoice. Thank God and rejoice. Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, you may be seated. Now, it's the Word of God in your mouth. Now, I'm going to make a couple of statements. They might not, you might not like them, but I'm going to back them up with the Word of God. You can go to 2 Peter real quick, 2 Peter chapter 1. We'll start there and then go to the book of John. Now, in reality, it is not the will of God. Now, when I say the will of God, I mean the perfect will of God. For the gifts of the Spirit, healing, special faith, working of miracles, and the power that's in the name of Jesus, it's not the will of God that those work or operate in the church. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, man, you're crazy. No, 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 listen, you got to hold on. It is the will of God that the church stays healed by the Word. 
And the fact that the power that's in the name of Jesus and the gifts of the Spirit operate in the church, that's just a sign of the mercy of God. But the gifts of the Spirit and the power of the name of Jesus are designed for us to go out and get the world healed. So the world will accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. But in the church, believers should be healed by the Word of God. They should walk in the Word every day. Every day you should be confessing the Word. Every day you should be speaking the Word. Because if a crisis of life rises up, what's really in you is going to come out. We're dealing with a situation right now, Lee and I, and, that, and man, what's in them is coming out. And I'm telling you, emotion and all this kind of stuff, but I ain't heard one thing about the Word. Not one thing about the Word. And that's, that's, that's a real issue because this is a life and death situation. But you've got to understand it's the Word that's in you. Everybody say, the Word that's in me. Now that Word has to be established in you. And that word doesn't get established in you by just hearing it preached a couple of times a week. You have to establish it in you. Listen, this could be life or death to you. I heard people used to say, well, you know, the church that you go to could, be, uh, uh, could, could determine whether you live or die on this earth. Well, there is some truth to that if you go to the right church. But it's not really the church that you go to. It's the word that you put in yourself. And you've got to put the word in you. Every day, on a constant basis, you say, why? Because the enemy's working every day trying to get a foothold. The enemy's working every day trying to mess with your mind. The enemy's working every day trying to do something to get into your life. The outward man perisheth, but the inward man has to be renewed. When? Day by day by day by day. This is a lifestyle. I said this is a lifestyle. And if you want to live by this lifestyle and actually see something miraculous happen in your life, you've got to get that word in you. And when I say in you, it's got to be in your mind. It's got to be in your spirit. It's got to be in your heart. And the most important, it's got to be in your mouth. Because you are judged by what comes out of your mouth on a consistent basis. And if what comes out of your mouth is contrary to the word, you'll be judged by that. Amen. Now, did you find First Peter? Then we'll go to the book of John. And I, I've, I've kind of skirted around this for several years, but I want to just go ahead and nail it down. First Peter, did I tell you Second Peter? Yeah, Second Peter, chapter one. Let me get over there. Second Peter, chapter one. We'll look at verse twelve. First John. First Peter, Second Peter. Now look at verse. Look at verse twelve. Then we're going to back up into it a little bit. It says, "We'll for we'll we're." Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, that you should, now notice the terminology, that you should know them, not believe them, that you should know them, and be established, the word established in the King James, the word established, that you would be established in the present truth. Everybody say present truth. That means the truth that is relevant to the present. You know, God is not the God of I was or I'm going to be. He's the God of I am. Uh, faith is now. Now faith is. It's not what you did yesterday. It's not what you're going to do tomorrow. It's what you're doing right now. That's what's going to put you over. But now, notice the established, be established in the present truth. If you back up into that, just pick a, pick a I like to start in verse 3. According to his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge. That's why the Word is so important. We, got, we could actually say it like this. Through the Word of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Wherefore are given unto us great and exceeding great and precious promises. What is that? That's the Word. 
that what? That by these you may be partakers of the divine nature. By what? Not by the gifts of the Spirit. Come on, church. Not by some man with a special endowment, but by the precious promises of the Word of God. Now, who's he talking to? Who's he speaking to? He's speaking to the church that we might be what? Partakers of the divine nature. What is the divine nature? Healing, health, prosperity, joy, blessing. Having escaped what? The corruption. What is the corruption? Anything going on in your life that is not that is contrary to the word. Sickness and disease is corruption. Poverty and lack is corruption. Depression is corruption. All this negative junk that just flows in the world, flows in the world system, flows in all of the media. Listen, that is corruption and it will corrupt you. Come on, church. Then it says this, that having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to your knowledge temperance, to your temperance patience, to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness charity or love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you neither be barren nor unfruitful, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice that. Barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ produces fruit. What, what is the fruit? Well, we're talking about healing. That's part of the fruit. We're talking about, it's not speaking of the fruits of the recreated spirit. This is talking about the fruit that faith produces. That which Jesus said. If you abide in me and I abide in you, then you'll ask those things that you will and they shall be done unto you. He's talking about prayer fruit. He's talking about receiving all that redemption has given us in Christ Jesus. Amen? Nobody wants to be barren. Nobody wants to be unfruitful. Now notice this. For if these things be in you and abound, that means you've got to put forth the extra effort. Amen? People ask me, how many times do you pray? How, how long do you pray? Well, I don't ever tell people that. I don't ever tell people that. I say, how many times do you confess the word a day? I don't ever tell people that because that's personal faith. And you can't live on, on what I live on. you got to live on what you need to live on. But let me just say this. I do it all the time, 24-7. I wake up with the Word in me. I go to bed with the Word in me. I, I wake up praying. I go to bed praying. I'm always in a state of prayer. I'm always aware of my connection to the heavenly, my connection to the, to the, to the divine. There are some days when I may confess the Word a dozen times. There are other days I might just do it two or three times. But every day I confess the Word. Every day I worship God. Every day I praise and thank Him. Every day you say, why? Because it's either driving something out of me or it's bringing me into something or it's preparing me for something that's coming at me. And so many Christians are unprepared today. It's, 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 it's terrible. I mean, just the fact that the Word is being taught on Tuesday morning in, on Galveston Island, this place ought to be packed. Amen. could care less about the personality or the, or, or the notoriety or the, or the experience of the teacher. It's the Word that's being taught. I said, it's the word that's being taught. Now, notice this. It says, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see far off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall, never fail. 
For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. Oh, man, I don't know if you can handle this. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, you gotta, you got to hear that verse again. For an entrance shall be ministered unto you. That means if these things abound in you, God is standing there saying this, come on into the kingdom. Come on into healing. Come on into prosperity. Come on into righteousness. Come on into joy. Come on into peace. See, most people, they just stand outside of it wanting what's in there, but they never come on in because an entrance has never been ministered unto them. Amen. So they come to meetings hoping the preacher giving them give them an entrance. They call the television preacher hoping he'll give them an entrance. But only God can give you an entrance into the everlasting things of the kingdom of God. Amen. Notice the words everlasting. Oh, we better not get on that. You get too crazy in here this morning. Then the next verse says, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things that you know them and be established in present truth. Everybody say present truth. Now you must establish yourself in present truth. Or you will literally be totally dependent upon the mercy of God. And the mercy of God is tied to His sovereignty. You say, what do you mean by that? He's going to judge you. Say, He's going to judge me. You'll be in the crisis of life. You'll cry out, God, I need mercy. I need mercy. And he'll look at you, and he'll judge you, and, he say, and he'll say, well, you know, they're not, willing to, they're not even willing to tithe. They're not even willing to go to church on Sunday morning. They're not even willing to do this. And I've given them 30 years to get it right. I've given them 40 years to get it right. I've given them up to 50 years to get it right. And their heart's still not right. They just want me to do something for them so they can go back and do what they want to do. You want to be dependent on that in your life? I don't. I don't. I want to be established in present truth where the sovereignty of God in my life is already settled. I mean, it's already settled that I'm healed. It's already settled that I'm prosperous. It's already settled that I'm delivered. It's already, these things are already settled in me. God doesn't have to judge me and look through me and see that I'm not willing to, to do anything in His kingdom. He just knows that I want something from Him so I can go back and do what I want to do. Being quiet in here now, Amen. But no, God wants to do what? He wants to establish you in present truth. Now go to John chapter 8, the gospel of John. Let's look at a couple of these things real quick. Jesus speaking or teaching us here, and I'm telling you when he teaches, we need to listen. John chapter 8. Let's, uh, for time's sake, let's look at verse 31. Now notice this, uh, then said Jesus unto those Jews which believed on him. Now if you're a biblical, if you study the Bible, you'll find, out, find this out. Jesus had two ways of speaking. He had one way of speaking to people who were full of doubt and unbelief. And he had another way of speaking toward those who believed on him. Amen. Because see, the word of God is given for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. So the man or woman of God might be thorough, uh, perfected, matured, or thoroughly furnished. So you've got to always position yourself in, in, in such a way in which God is speaking to you as a believer. Amen. 
Because many times when the word speaks to you and you're in unbelief, you don't you, you get mad, you get upset. How dare they say that to me? Amen. Well, you know, there are people that you have to say things to that are it's very difficult for them to hear, but they need to hear it. And one of the reasons they need to hear it is because they're in unbelief and not in faith. But Jesus has a way of speaking to people who believe. And I'm telling you, that's how you want your master speaking to you. That's how you want Jesus speaking to you is as a believer, not as a doubter. Amen. Now, he said to the Jews which believed on him, Now, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Notice the word continue. That is a repetitive word in the Greek. It literally means if you are in my word over and over and over and over. There are some things in your physical body that are very repetitive that produce life in you. Your heart beats over and over and over and over and over and over. And when it stops, you're done. Amen. There are all these functions that go on in your body repetitively. When you eat food, you don't even think about digestion. You don't know, the, but your body does it over and over and over and over and over. Things are established by an order of repetition. And let me just say this. Truth is established by an order of repetition. Let me say that again. Truth is established by an order of repetition. I was, when was it? Yesterday. I was going to the beach to, 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 to go surfing. And I was listening to some old camp meeting uh, 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 teachings from Brother Hagen, and, and one particular one, I bet this one, I bet this one teaching has come up a dozen times in the last eight or ten weeks. And I'm listening to it, and I'm thinking, and I was fixing to reach over there and push the little thing which moves it to the next teaching. And I'm listening to it, and the Spirit of the Lord says, no, don't touch that. And so I just kept listening. And I'd heard it probably 12 times in the last six to eight weeks, and I started listening to it again and heard something I never heard. Because you, you don't hear everything just because, you, just because you are sitting somewhere and the Word is being taught. Now listen, I, 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 I've said this several times in I don't know why people get in the ditch so bad when you say things that go against the grain of the way they believe. Because, you know, it's kind of like, I'm right, you're wrong, you're wrong, I'm right. Well, I'm kind of like this, the Word's right. And every argument I've ever had, I just took them to the Word and said, what, do you see this in the Word? They're, yeah, yeah, but I believe it like this. Well, I don't care if you believe it like that or not, this way the Word says it. Now, with Abraham, God initiated something with Abram. He came to him and began to communicate. Now, when you are taught the Word of God, it is an initial introduction to that Word. Do you, do you understand that? that? There's an initial introduction to the Word of God in which it's kind of like, here, shake my hand, sweetheart. It's kind of like, hi, John 3.16. Amen. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. And whosoever... Now, you, you make a decision on how far you're going to take that. Now, I, I, I'll use Leah, for example. Leah and Abram, amen? Abram responded to the communication. Out of the communication came fellowship. Out of the fellowship came relationship. Out of the relationship came a covenant. 
Now, I met Leah one day. There was one day when we just, I think I shook your hand like that. You don't even remember, do you? You don't think I shook your hand? I gave you a hug. I did on a, on a watch night service one time. I remember that. Anyway, we were introduced. Amen. There was an introduction. And then we begin to respond to one another, and we begin to fellowship. I remember going to a, uh, a, a was it a singles or a youth or something, singles meeting, and, uh, you know, we, we played a movie of David and uh, Bathsheba. And anyway, it went, it went south, you know. I didn't mind, but everybody else did. I didn't care less. But anyway, we continued in our fellowship but we had to make a decision on whether we were going to go to the next level. You say, why? The next level was relationship. When we made a decision to go to the next level of relationship, we started talking about covenant. You say, what does that mean? We ended up married. Now we're in covenant. Are you with me? Now, the Word of God is no different. Once the Word of God is taught, you're only introduced. You've shook hands with it. Now, you have to make a decision whether you're going to fellowship with it. That's why we exhort people. Write in your Bible. Take notes. Get the CD. Do whatever you can do to get that Word in you. Fellowship with that Word. And what will happen will be, out of that will come a relationship. You say, what do you mean? That Word will get established. You will be established in a present truth. And being a, don't you want to be established in healing? Don't you want to be established in prosperity? Don't you want to be established in righteousness and joy and all these wonderful things God's given? Listen, I don't really like the lifestyle of having to need something and then once the need arises, having to go out and get it. Nothing in my life. I've worked and believed God for 33 years that I would be free of a lifestyle like that. And now I'm free. If I need a gun... All I got to do is go get it. I got a whole rack of them. If I need a surfboard, all I got to do is go get one. I got four of them hanging in my garage. If I need a, if I need a watch, I've got watches all in, my, all in my drawer. If I need clothes, I got a whole closet full of clothes. If I need transportation, I got transportation all around. All these, I want to be established in these realities to where I don't have to go and look for it because I don't have it. And that's the way so many believers are. They're just off doing their own thing, going their own way, doing all of this. And then when the need arises and the crisis hits, they don't have it. They're not established in a present truth. And you can tell by what they say, how they act, how they respond to the situation. Well, Lee and I, in about a 10-year period, Lee and I were involved in three situations of pastors' wives, pastor friends of ours' wives, having brain tumors. Now, the first one was extremely serious, malignant brain tumor, inoperable malignant brain tumor, no, no, no hope in the hospital. Now, these people were faith people to the extreme like we are, friends of ours. They begin to speak the Word, not, not some word they were looking up in the pages of the Bible. They, begin, they were established in present truth. Now, they did some things that made some people very angry. They cut off all negative communication. They put a big sign on this pastor's wife's door that said, no wavering. 
They would not allow any person in the room that would not come into the room and speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. They didn't pray. They didn't pay, uh, play praise and worship music. They played the word. They played the word over and over and over, 24-7. And all of a sudden, like you snap your fingers, the doctors came in one day and said, we can't find it. We can't find it. And then another one, a potato-sized tumor in the front of her brain. The possibility of living through the surgery was 50-50. They're going to have to do the surgery. They didn't know what they'd find once they got in there. But I'm telling you, I talked to this pastor's wife on the gurney as they were taking her into surgery. And what was coming out of her was the Word says, Pastor Rusty. 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 The word, and that pastor's wife is still alive and perfectly normal today. Now, now, the third situation, which I've had two of these situations come up in my life. The Lord instructed me. An invitation was given me to come and minister while this particular pastor's wife was suffering with a brain tumor. And the Lord specifically told me to teach or preach on miracles. So if you ever hear me in this pulpit teaching and preaching specifically on miracles, you need to perk up. That means God, God's trying to do something. Uh, stay there for just a minute. Another situation we were in, the Lord spoke to me. Uh, I had an invitation. Three days, three night meetings. He said, you go into those meetings and you preach on miracles for three nights and I'll raise up this individual. And I got in there and I spoke on miracles for three nights and the power of God hit that place. A woman sitting in the back who had been in a car wreck five years before and was a cripple got totally healed, ran around the church, still healed today. The individual who that, who that miracle service was pointed toward got up out of their seat, began to move, and just dropped right back down in the seat. And as soon as their behind hit the chair, the Holy Ghost said to me, they'll be dead in 30 days. 30 days later, they were dead. Amen? So back in this other situation with this pastor's wife, I got up there, the anointing was there. The power of God was present to heal. I taught on miracles for about an hour, and I began to declare, it is time to believe, believe God for this miracle. And I'm telling you, the pastor got up after me and shut that thing down. And that precious woman died because they were not established in present truth. He got up and began to talk about the emotion of the thing. He began to get up and talk about how, how you can't heal someone all of this different negative stuff, and it shut down the power of God that was present to heal. And you know, to this day, what he calls the faith movement or faith people, the very arrogant, he testifies how they come in, they tried to heal my wife, all this kind of stuff, which is so sad, so sad, because that did not have to happen. But God wants you to be established in present truth and in order to do that, you're going to have to continue in the Word. That means continue past Sunday morning. Continue past Sunday night. Continue past Tuesday's class. Continue past Wednesday. That means every day. Now listen, this is a labor. Everybody say a labor. If you're not willing to put in the work, it ain't going to work for you. Those statements we've been making lately. God does not bless lazy. He will not bless lazy. 
That means you got to get into the Word. You've got to have your notebooks. You've got to have your Bibles. You've got to have your CDs. You've got to have everything. And you've got to have that Word in your mouth. And you've got to do it every day, day after day after day after day after day after day. Because it will tell off on you. You say, what do you mean? Crisis of life comes to everybody. And God is doing his best to prepare every person for that day in which it is your day to stand up in that established truth. Now notice this. If you continue in my words, then are you my disciples indeed. Amen. I heard a preacher on the internet the other day talking about all his disciples. I thought, I don't want to be your disciple. I want to be Jesus' disciple. Now if you want to be one with me, that's fine, but I'm not going to be your disciple. I'm not Kenneth Hagin's disciple. I'm not John Osteen's disciple. I'm not T.L. Osborne's disciple. I'm, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. They're just fellow disciples with me. Amen. I'm not looking to be discipled by some man. You say, well, they don't have the truth. Jesus is the truth. Now notice this. Then are you my disciples indeed? You shall believe the truth. You shall hope the truth. You shall what? Know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Now, a lot of people say, well, the truth will make you free. The truth will set you free. The truth will make you free. The truth will set That's not what it says. That's not what it says. It says, first of all, you're going to know it. Now, within the combination of that word, that word, know, is literally an expression of a proclamation demonstration. Now, this is something that we really, this is one of the things we need to really be established in. You say, why is that? Because I'll show you just a minute when we talk about facts versus truth. Truth, established truth is absolute. Amen. Uh, here we are in end of May, 1st of June. It's going to get hot, going to be hot. Uh, December will be here for you know it. It's going to be cooler. But it may not be. Or it may snow 25 inches. Amen? That's factual. It's subject to change. But, everybody say but. Sun's going to come up and go down every day. That's the truth. It's going to come up and go down every day. That's the truth. I said that's the truth. Facts, well, it's hot now. Uh, what, a week ago we were walking the dogs and we're like, feels like October. I mean, it was cool, felt nice. We're like, man, boy, our property values go up big time for the weather like, was like this all the time. Amen? But literally, truth is established reality. And it is, it is manifested through a proclamation than a demonstration of it. Now, just take day and night. And God said, let there be light. Then he talked about the light, the, 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 the lesser light ruling the night. That's the moon. The greater light ruling the day. That's the sun. So it had a separation of day and night. And the Bible says that was the first day. And that was a what? An established truth, and nothing's ever changed it except God. You say, what do you mean? God changed it. God changed it, and even scientists have borne it out. Remember when Joshua was fighting, and God held the sun, kept it from going down until they won the battle. The Bible says, I mean, the scientists tell us there's some type of glitch in time as you go back when it looks like the sun stayed up longer than it should have. Well, read your Bible. And then who was it? Hezekiah wanted the sundial to go back. 
And they say there's another glitch. It's a smaller glitch, but it looks like at some point, I don't know how they can regulate or see that, I guess through their computers, but, but, but they say there's another glitch. Now it's much smaller in which it looks like there was a two or three hour period in which it looked like the sun went backwards. You say, well, well God, only God can change established truth. So if you continue in the Word, you're His disciples indeed. You shall what? Know the truth. Now that know is to hear and experience. It's to hear and experience. Now we got to understand that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the truth. It is the proclamation and the demonstration of God. Look, church, if all we had was a, was a proclamation, that's why people get so nervous when God starts moving, the Holy Ghost starts moving. Don't get nervous. You say, why? Because that's a demonstration of the anointing and of the Spirit of God. Amen? And when the Spirit of God gets moving, see, the problem is we look so many times to feel something when it's actually not a feeling, it's an action, it's a doing. And, one, and many times through the interest of doing, the feelings come. But you've got you to be a doer of the Word first. But you're going to have to know the Word. How are you going to know it? You're going to have to continue in it. You're going to have to continue in it. That means you can't just be spoon-fed the Word when you come to church. You're going to have to feed yourself, feed yourself, feed yourself, feed yourself, feed yourself, feed yourself every day. Confess the Word. Speak the Word every day, every day. When it comes to healing, what's it say in Proverbs 4, verse 20? Uh, my son, attend to my Word. Incline thine ears unto my saying. Let it not depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart, for it's life unto those that find it and health to all your flesh. So every day you speak healing scriptures, what are you speaking? Health and life. Health and life. Every day you're not speaking them, what are you doing? You're doing nothing. And what are you getting? Nothing. And if you get enough nothing, it's going to hurt you. Amen? In your finances. My God supplies all of my need according to... Every day you deal with finances. And I guarantee you, if you start speaking the word over your finances, thank you, Father, I'm a tither, the devourer is rebuked, I'm a giver, it comes back to me, good measure, pressed down, shaken. Every day you're adding what? Life, light and life to your finances. Say, so, well, what do you do if you don't do it? You're getting nothing. And you get enough nothing in your finances. And what are you going to have? You're going to have nothing. That's where people miss this, miss this so much. Amen. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, shall give you freedom. Now, free from what? Well, free from sickness, free from disease, free from poverty, free from lack, free from depression. This is Jesus literally showing us how he, the Word, operates. Now, now, go to John 17, then we'll flip over to 14. John 17. This is what I like to call the Lord's Prayer. Just a simple scripture. Actually, it's John 17, 17. Part of the prayer he's praying there. John 17, 17. Sanctify them or set them apart through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now, did you hear that? So the word of God and the truth of God are what? Synonymous. They're the exact same thing. The Word of God and the truth of God are synonymous. They are the exact same thing. Now, what I learned, and actually this came later, 
Because I, I literally, when I begin to get these revelations from the Word, I begin immediately to confess the Word over myself. I began in the redemption area because I needed to be free from my past. I had a lot of junk in my past that I needed to be free from mentally, physically, spiritually, and every other way. So I began, my, my, my entrance into this was in redemptive truth. Amen. I can remember for, for months, even years, you know, thank you, Father, I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things are new for me. Thank you that he that knew no sin was made sin on my behalf. Because of that, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, buried with him by baptism into death. Like as Christ was raised from the dead, even so also walking with Just over and over and over, redemptive scriptures, redemptive scriptures, which changed my identity. Now, let me just say something. Legally, my identity was changed when I got born again. Amen. Which was when I was six years old. But experientially, it did not happen to me till I was 28 years old. Amen? Now let me say that again. Legally, legally, that was mine when I was six years old. But actually experiencing that did not take place till I was 28 years old. About a year, nine months to a year after I got right with God. When I began every day to confess the healing scriptures. And it broke all the other identities down and made in Christ my preeminent identity. Well, then I got, in, I got into the healing side of it. Started confessing healing scriptures. And I'm telling you, every, every situation of sickness or disease that has ever risen up in my life, God has intervened in it. I've been instantly healed. I've had words of knowledge spoken to me and was instantly healed. I've had to do some, uh, had to take some medical treatment, but came through that fine because the hand of God was in it. Every, every situation, there was some divine impartation of God's ability to get me through an attack of sickness and disease. And because my identity had changed, I never saw myself in need of healing. I only saw myself making application of that which was already mine to the problem of whatever Sickness or disease I was going through or injury that I was going through. Are you with me? But now, literally, it's been about eight years ago. Eight or nine years. It was right before the storm. The Lord began to impress upon me, confessing the word over the word. And I'm like, I, I, Lord, I don't get that. What do you mean? He said, if you will begin to do this, it will literally shorten the establishment time in your own heart. When I speak a word to you, there literally can be instantaneous establishment. And I said, well, how is that? And the Lord spoke to me. He said, begin to say this. Thank you, Father, for your word. That the entrance of your word brings light and life to me. That forever, O oh Lord, your word is established in heaven. That heaven and earth could pass away, but your word will never pass away. Thank you, Father, that you watch over your word to perform it. That your word does not return void, but it does accomplish that where to it is sent and prospers in the thing in which it was sent to. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. And I just start going through these scriptures by the word and saying them and confessing them. That way when I'm sitting in a meeting somewhere or I'm listening to a CD somewhere or I'm doing something and listening to the word of God or just studying the word of God and something comes up on that page or something is revealed to me, there's not a fight in me any longer. You say, why is that? Because my faith is now in the Word. All i got to do is see it in the Word. I'm not going to argue it because that's where the problem is. So many people argue their case when it comes to the Word. 
they got a bunch of yeah buts in them. But now notice what Jesus said. Sanctify them through thy truth. So what he's saying, set them apart from others. Separate them. Sanctify them. Can I get a better amen than that? How are you going to do it? Through thy truth. Okay. Thy word is thy truth. So what do you want to be sanctified from, set apart from? Well, doubt, unbelief, fear, sickness, disease, poverty, lack, depression, addiction. Come on, you name it. And God wants to do what? He wants to sanctify or set you apart from that through the truth of the Word of God. Now, where was that? John 14, real quick, one last scripture. I've got about nine minutes. Is this helping anybody? John 14, that's where we're going. That's why I get so tickled at people that talk about, well, that word of faith movement is over. Now, this would be my question. I'd really love to run into somebody that say that to my face because I'm going to say, what do you have that has replaced it? What do you replace the word with? What you got? You got something? Show me. Show me. Show me what you have. Amen. Show me what you've got. Well, oh, we got the gifts of the Spirit. They don't work without the Word. They don't operate unless you operate in faith. And if they are operating and faith and Word is not involved, they're not the gifts of the Spirit. And the devil knows exactly how to produce counterfeits. Amen. Well, we pray. Well, you got to do it by faith or it's not going to work. Oh, we worship God. You can't, you can't do it without faith in the Word. It's not going to work. We got great praise and worship. Oh, great praise God. I'm so glad. But if it ain't the Word, it ain't going to work. Amen. John chapter 14, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in me, believe in, uh, you believe in God, believe, in me, believe also in me. In my Father's house, everybody say my father house, Father's house. There are many mansions. One translation says there are many rooms. Another says there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, see here, most people look toward heaven and say, okay, Jesus has gone to heaven and he's, and he's made a, mount, a mansion there and he's preparing a place for me in heaven. Isn't that, isn't that how, you, how you kind of perceive that? I mean, you know. But then if you study that word, it's many rooms, many, many, many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, ye may be also. Now, everybody agrees it's talking about heaven. Amen? But let me ask you a question. What did Jesus go to heaven to do? He's not there, you are. I mean, he's there, you're not. He went to prepare a place for you in him. Now, did you get that? Now, I don't disagree that this isn't talking about heaven. But I'm telling you, there are different facets to Revelation. Because he's literally speaking here. Yeah, he's talking about going to heaven, coming back, receiving you back to himself. Okay, praise God, there's no argument. I'm glad I got a mansion. Hallelujah. But I'm wondering what I'm going to have down here. But now notice what he says. This is very interesting. 
and whither I go, know, uh, and whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas. Now, who's Thomas? He's the denominational guy. Amen. It's not that he's not a Christian. It's not that he's not a believer, but he's going to have to see it to believe it. Amen. I, you got to show me something. I got to feel something. I got to hear something. I got to see something. Amen. Now, this is to, so he's speaking to a doubter. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether you go. He just said you know the way. And you know what Thomas said? No. Is that what's in your Bible? Well, that was one of, one of those staff meetings. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh to the Father but unto me. Now notice what he says. I am the way. Everybody say, I am the way. He didn't say, I'm going to show you the way. He said, I am the way. He said, I am the truth. He didn't say, I'm going to tell you the truth. He said, I am the truth. And then he said, I am the life. Everybody say, I am the life. Now, when you understand that and when you look into the Word of God, you must understand that this is what establishes the reality of truth is Jesus. He is the truth. That's why God has put you in Christ. Everybody say, in Christ. Now, you are in Christ for the purpose of the transmission of the divine nature, which comes via the Word of God. So without it, you don't have it. Amen? Because what, what does religion want to do? Religion wants to show you the way. Well, we, this is our way. So every, every denomination, every religion says, now, this is our way. Amen? And this is our truth, which is really not truth. It's most of it's just philosophy. And this is our life, which is really not life. It's just death. Amen? But now Jesus said he brought it all down. He took it off the ink and the page, and he says, I am. Everybody say, I am. Now notice the two words, I am. Now who is God? He's the I am. I am the way. I am the truth. Everybody say the truth. Now, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. God uh, 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 and the Word dwelt among us. All that says in John chapter 1, verse 1, down to verse 14, talking about Jesus being the incarnate Word of God. Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy Word is thy truth. It's all one thing. It's all one thing. It's all Him. It's all about Him. Now, here's your issue. Here's your issue. You have a fact. Everybody say a fact. The fact is you've been diagnosed with a disease. So what comes with the fact? An enormous amount of information. What is that information designed to do? It is designed to create a reality. This is what you have. It is designed to make you a possessor. This is yours. This is your arthritis. This is your diabetes. This is your cancer. This is it. And they are the facts. And we don't deny, there's no denying. Those are the facts. So you need something greater than that. What did we read over in 2 Peter? That you might be what? Established in the truth. But see, you're established in the truth over here. And you look at the doctor and you say, well, you know, 
Thank you for those facts, doctor. But I'm not going to live in those facts. I'm going to live in the truth. So, as we've said over and over, one of the two are going to dictate how you feel, how you respond, how you act, and how you make a decision to live. Amen? Over here, you're going to have to deal with emotions. Over here, you're going to have to deal with setbacks. Over here, you're going to have, there's nothing steady about this. There's big ups, big downs, round the corner, all over. Amen? But over here, this is what? This is established. The truth is established. So the fact may be, you big diagnose. But what is the truth? Well, by his stripes, I was healed. Amen? And if I was, I am. And if I am, I was. Amen? And so that's where so many people have such a hard time with the Word of God working in their lives is they literally have such a difficult time distinguishing the facts from the truth. But if you will make a decision to live in the Word of God, just like we've been talking about all nine months that we've been doing this, this is our last class till next fall, then you will create within you another reality. I've had so many times in my life where the realities of the facts overwhelmed me until I embraced the truth and recognized and realized, now wait a minute, I'm established in the truth. And because over here, man, you've got the pain, you've got the deficit in your pocketbook, you've got the emote, you've got all that, but over here, all you got is the Word, and there's nothing connected to it but faith. There's no emotions, there's no feelings, there's nothing. But there is something more powerful than any emotion, than any feeling, than anything you can ever experience, and that is the truth of the Word of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, lift your hands one time. Praise the Lord before we leave. Father, thank you for your Word. Thank you that the entrance of your Word brings light and life to us. We thank you for it today. We receive it by faith in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.